Welcome to the Shift Daily Podcast. I'm Shane Hewitt. It's a daily bite-sized morsel of our four-hour middle-of-the-night program. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. The Shift Daily Podcast starts right now. Coming up in the program tonight, let me ask you this question. Uh, Matt, you first. Uh, if you could have any animal in the world as a pet, any animal at all, what pet or what animal would you choose? Anything. What would you choose? As a pet? Um, yep. Animal. Because uh, I was going to be flippant and say a cactus. Um, but <laughs> but an animal. Um, I think a cat. A cat. Yeah. That's it? Just a cat? Not even like a big cat, a panther, anything? <laughs> no, just, just a normal house cat. I don't have to really take care of it that much. It can kind of take care of itself a little bit. I mean, I still have to feed it, obviously. Yeah. Wow. Okay, Andrew, I know this is going to be bold. So what? what is it? Uh, it's not going to be very exciting. Sorry. Um, I think if I had the, you know, the space and the ability to do it, I'd like to have a bunch of ducks. Ducks? Yeah. They're yeah. very cute. I love ducks. Yeah. A friend of mine they is just, babysitting his neighbor's ducks this weekend. They they live they live the ideal life. They don't they they walk around. They honk at people. They eat lettuce. They poop wherever they want, whenever they want to. It's, That's a it's an ideal life, as far as I as far as I'm concerned. Why wouldn't that be your standard in life? Right to be able to to be able to dump where you need to dump. Eat lettuce whenever you want. Honk at people. It's very it's very nice. I admire yeah. the lifestyle. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Um, what animal? If you could choose any animal in the whole wide world, that would be your pet. See, for me, I would choose an elephant. If I could have a, any any animal in the world, I would choose an elephant because wow. a baby elephant would be super fun because they're like cuddly and stuff. I mean, you'd need a bigger house. Just to be clear for you, Andrew, someone is very upset. Just reminding you that ducks don't honk; they quack. They can. Well, come on now. Come on now. Semantics. But actually, to that effect, I had a thought while I was kind of listening to the news there. Uh, and no, I don't want a politician as a pet. Um, what I was thinking of uh, was I would also settle for a penguin. I love penguins. Oh, oh yeah. penguin would be all right, Pat. And penguins are, if they open their beaks, they're the most horrifying creatures on Earth. But otherwise, they're wonderful and I love them. All right. You still sticking a cat there, Matt? A cat or a penguin. Oh, penguin. See, there yeah, we go. Penguin buddies. I wonder if penguin they're slippery. Buds. You know, like trying to pick up a fish. Are penguins, I mean, they're, they're feathery. No, they right? have, they've got fur. Yeah, they've got, they've got like feathers. So if, they're, if they've been immersed in water, they might be a little bit hard to handle. Slippery. I imagine them like trying to yeah. pick up a fish. I've never tried to pick up a penguin. I don't think it's one of those things you should do. Okay, your calls, <laughs> your texts. We've got, so don't touch the penguins, okay? If you're going to the zoo, don't touch the penguins. Let's, Please don't. Stay let's behind Let's keep that class. one there. We're not, this is not an endorsement for you to, you know, steal a, an exotic pet or a penguin or anything like that or an elephant. Don't do that. I mean, I want one, but don't steal the elephants. Okay, let's dig into some of these. I, growing up on a Manitoba farm, I had numerous uh, typical pets, but my fave was a pet calf. All right. I mean, I think I would imagine a, a cow would be, you know, kind of you know, slobby and stuff. I don't know how that goes. Ray Ray says, I would love a tiger. They're so beautiful. Uh, if I could somehow have one, that would be my dream pet. Would you trust a tiger though? Would you like, would you, do you think you could do it? Do you think you could snuggle up Andrew with a tiger, you know, and watch a movie? Uh, maybe. I mean, it is but just a big cat. 
but that being said, uh, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe like I was a cat murderer in my previous life, but almost every cat I meet just absolutely hates me. Hmm. Just, just, just immediately will try to murder me. It's just um, the cats, eh? Yeah. Dogs are totally chill. Oh, interesting. Well, that's another Birds, question too, right? Totally chill. Nothing, yeah. uh, ever, but cats, they just hate me. All right. 877-399-9898. Let's go to Trucker Brian. And uh, find out, first of all, Brian, where in the world are you tonight? Oh, I think I am in uh, Butte, Montana, buddy. Oh, how's Butte today? Oh, Butte's good. Just uh, had a major scare with millions of grasshoppers and billings today. That was, that was, I hate grasshoppers. You, oh, you was it like the it? swarm? Oh, it was more than that. It was more than that. You couldn't. You, it was just millions. They were they were crawling up all over my truck, underneath my truck. Uh, I was crushing um, them when I was. It was just. It was like something out of a horror movie. Yeah, I've I've had those moments where you're driving through the prairies, and then you get like the the the. Whole, I don't know what you like. It's like an, it's not a flock, but it's kind of like a swarm of of grasshoppers. And then you drive through them, and you're driving. It's perfectly normal. Then it gets kind of dark for a second, and all you hear is whack 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 whack, uh, and then you're splat all over your windshield, and then you just keep going. Everything's fine. And it just seems like you were at a grasshopper crossing or something. Why did God invent those things? Seriously, that they, they're just <laughs> horrible. They don't do any good for the environment. I don't care about the circle of life. That's my little pet peeve for the day. But of course, you know which, right. which uh, dog I'm going to pick. And uh-huh. it's obviously a pit bull. And yeah. it's obviously the reason because they're the most tactile breed of any dog. They always got to be touching you. They got to beat on you. This boy mm-hmm. of mine has made me my life so much better being on the road since February. And, um, yeah, he's great. No. Yeah. Does he have the big fat head? Like the, the one thing about the, cause I love the, I, I mean, I've never had a pity, but at the same time, you know, they are stunning dogs. And does he have the big fat square blockhead? Yeah. He's got mask for his face and he's got a Holstein looking body. Matt's seen bandit many, many times on the Instagram and he can tell you how much of a stunning looking dog he is. Like, uh, Matt's on the Insta. With me. Mean, so, so what is the uh what is he is he brindle is he is he like a fawn dog what is he uh, he's white and brown he's american oh, okay. bulldog and pitbull and oh, then really, i have hey? two more at home my wife has two more at home yeah we rescue them right so, as a trucker though is it like having a dog as a trucker would that really be i mean i guess you could have a cat some truckers would probably have a cat but is having a dog on the road just really one of those pieces that puts it all together the glue if you will 100 percent Hundred yeah. percent. I wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't be out here without him. Absolutely not. And I wouldn't take a job, a trucking job, without him either. So really, he yeah. he's he's part of the package. Like yeah, yeah. I, I, so I highly good. recommend these dogs because until you've owned one, they're they're empathic. They get into your soul. And, really? Uh, yeah. In a, well, I've, I've I've owned lots of great breeds like German Shepherds, Akitas, you know, Schnauzers. Uh, but there's just no dog like this. So yeah, um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll, so I'll give him accolades all the time. So yeah, I uh, I don't um, I've never had a pit bull by any means, but I have had Great Danes. So I understand the lure of the the big strong dog. They are the most faithful of all the dogs. It's remarkable. So I do get that. Thanks yeah. so much for the call, Brian. Nice to hear your voice, man. Hey, good for talking to you, Shane. All right, take care. Watch out for those grasshoppers. Grasshoppers don't let them get you in your sleep. Yeah, well, tomorrow's another day, right? <laughs> Good luck. All right. If we don't hear from you, we'll know that the grasshoppers got you. <laughs> Thanks, Brad.
877-399-9898. Your calls, your text messages. What are your uh, favorite dream animal? You could choose any animal you ever wanted as a pet. Uh, there's a squirrel story coming up. That's the whole reason I we're inspired by this today. Puma. It's not a puma. Or black jaguar would be cool, intimidating, and deadly, but cute and cuddly if you raised it. <laughs> that might be wishful thinking, but uh, it would certainly be pretty stunning if you rang the doorbell and a puma came running. That's for sure. <laughs> the Amazon delivery guy might tend to throw your packages at the front step. Keep his distance. I don't imagine the puma would enjoy having crap thrown at the door. <laughs> <laughs> they probably just play with that it. That might be a recipe for... <laughs> do big cats do that just like all of the other cats? Like, do they, if you give them yarn, oh, yeah. you have this giant tiger and you throw some yarn and it looks like a kitty? I don't know if yarn oh. would do it, but they, you know, they play around, yeah. Yeah. He threw a small animal at it. It would play it around. I don't know. How does that work? Oh, God. So some of these things. We haven't thought this through. There's I can tell you that much. There's a video of that somewhere. Mm -hmm. If I could have any animal, Texture says, I would pick a skunk, especially when people say uh, staying saying oh. to stay six feet away from everyone. You'd get there and then some. Absolutely, you would. Hey, I've, I've looked into having a skunk as a pet. Apparently, they're really chill and really smart. Yeah, if you get them uh, de de smelly, glanded or whatever it is, yeah, they're, apparently they're, yeah. they're wonderful. Well, and there are people that have them as pets that don't get them deglanded, or whatever yep. that is, get the stinker taken out. But <laughs> the I mean, stinker, you would have to uh, you would have to name it Pepe, for sure. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Let's go to Shauna in Calgary and say hi, Shauna. Well, hi. If I was living on a farm, um, I would like a donkey. Why? Why a donkey? Like because you know I I grew up in Karachi, and um, I used to see donkey. They were very calm and collected, and and they you know people used to use them to carry you know things, and heavy load, and they still stayed you know calm. So uh, they're hardworking, uh, calm animals, and they're vegetarian. So mm. that's well, the calm part. I get that. Do you have kids, Shauna? <laughs> Sorry? Do you have do you have kids? Me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Because well, I have a fifteen year old son, and it's kind of like owning a donkey. Really? Yeah. Well, he's calm. He's laid back. He eats a lot. Oh. Um, you know, he does a lot of good work, but you know, doesn't say much. It's oh, kind of like having wonderful. a donkey. Sounds like a good kid. My <laughs> I had two daughters, and they were really sharp. Okay. Uh, they've grown up now, and they are, you know, but uh, it, growing growing through, they were uh, very sharp and active, uh -huh. and they used to go out a lot, and so I had a hard hard time. Yeah. But yeah, now they're all grown up. So I'm a so grandma when did you, now. <laughs> when did you move from Karachi to Canada? Oh, that was a long time ago, back in 75, so. Yeah. How was the weather? Did, like, did you, like, was it really that cold when you got here? And you know what? We, we moved to Regina. Oof, so from cool. Karachi to Regina, which was, you know, really cold weather in Regina in those days. Back in 75, uh, we, we used to get two months of minus 30. Huh. Yeah. yeah. So. Wow. How is that? That's, that's such a shock to the system. Shauna, thanks so much for the call. Okay. I appreciate it. Thanks, Take care. A couple more text messages about animals. You guys still sticking to the penguins here? Is that what you guys are at? You're not moving? No, no edits to the, to the, the exotic animal? I've 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 also thought about a fox before. Right. I'm I'm getting foxes. I'm getting hyper specific with my penguins. Ooh, ooh. Okay. okay. Rockhopper? Uh, Adelie? Uh Magellanic. 
Ooh, yeah. Yeah, they can. Why? Why is that? They can live in Vancouver climate, so I wouldn't yep. be. It wouldn't be a huge stretch for it to, you know, hang out here. It'd be a big stretch for one of them Antarctic or, yeah, one of them really cold penguins too. <laughs> you know how you, some patios. You can, like it depends where you are in Canada with local bylaws, of course. But there are places where you can bring your dog to a patio as long as it's outside and they have dog bowls and stuff like that. How cool would it be to walk up to your, uh, you know, your your pub or your craft brewery there, Matt, and have a penguin on a leash and just sitting next to you? Oh my! I wouldn't. I wouldn't even have it on a leash. It would just be hanging out there having a beer with me. <laughs> oh, he's an obedient <laughs> penguin uh, who doesn't want to run away. Just a beer Very and good. a bucket of fish. Would Would you give him one of those? Uh, <laughs> would you give him one of those like? Uh, Hats with uh, where you can put cans of beer in them, and they have straws that come into its mouth. Oh yeah, he would. Yeah, he would love that because he can't. He doesn't have any fingers. So. Yeah, no, no fingers, right? So I figured if you want, if you want him to have a couple of natty lights with you, uh, that's probably the way to do it. <laughs> that is the way to do it. <laughs> oh, you guys are funny. Um, we're slowly turning um, Matt's story into the Madagascar penguins, clearly, oh, uh, because not only are they. Um, not only are they hanging out with their bucket of fish, but, you know, they're just sitting there at the pub, too, which seems like a very Madagascar penguin thing to do. Just, just saying. Very casual penguin. Uh, Linda Kay says, I'm with you, Shane. I take the elephant. Welcome back, Matt. Um, great to have the crew rounded out with Andrew and Shane. Linda Kay, thank you, Linda, for that kind one. All right, so digging through some other text messages. Your calls are welcome, too, of course. Uh, if you could choose any animal for any reason, just got to get to help us understand why, that would be great. I would love to have a pet Sasquatch. I will say that's a fair ball right there. My animal would be a red panda, Texter says. It looks like a cat, a raccoon, and a teddy bear had a party. Well, I don't know what kind of parties you go to, um, but uh, I wouldn't call that a party. Um, I would like to have a silver lab for a pet. They're very cool-looking dogs. Labs are the best family dogs going, Rick. Um, they are good dogs. I, I had great Danes. Uh, so once you – it's kind of like – you know, our last callable pit bulls there. I mean, once you have the breed that's your breed, you find your thing. I get it. That's one of those. Uh, that's one of those things that once you understand it, and you get it. You kind of do it. Fleming giant bunnies. They're a rush. Oh yeah, those things those are, are the huge. really, really, really big ones, right? They're like yeah, big, the like long a dog. ones. They're long, long rabbits. I had two bunnies for eight years. I trained them like cats. They did several tricks for raisins. My favorite. I lived with a guy, uh, like a roommate, <laughs> in college, and he had bunnies, but he let them run free in the house. And um, which was kind of cool because there was just sort of bunnies hanging out in the house, but they used to poop in the couch and it used to they were like these little poop balls that would always go between oh, yeah. the cushions. So that was not cool. And then one day I came to go have a shower. I walked in the bathroom and my bathtub was filled up with turtles. And uh, and those are the oh. things you go through when you're going to college. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. Let's have some fun. Let's find out what's going on. It's the end of the world. Greg Fish is here uh, with his uh, world of weird things dot com. Uh, science, tech, and other oddities. Uh, Greg Fish, how are you? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? I'm wonderful, thank you. We were talking about the best pet. Now, Greg, in this uh, in this world, you can have any pet you want. There's no limitations. Like, you don't have to have a permit. You don't have to be rich. You can just have any animal as a pet that you want. What would you choose? I'm going to stick with my dog. He's... I, I don't know if that's necessarily... I mean, I always love dogs. Uh, but you know, every dog owner says that their dog is the best, the smartest dog that's ever existed, and they're all right. And I'm I'm sticking to that. Uh, funny enough, I did actually ride a camel. You know, going back to some of the texts you were reading, I did actually ride a camel a few times, and I got to tell you, the smell really gets to you after about five minutes. Yeah. So 
word of caution there. Some of these, some yeah. of these things will play out a little bit better in your head than they will in real life. Did you, uh, did you ride that bastard down the street like our Texas? I did. I did. <laughs> it was in Russia. Um, it was, uh, it was a very interesting experience and good God did that thing stink. Smelled bad, hey? Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know the camels smelled bad. I don't know if I've ever seen one up close, just only in the zoo. So, all right. Well, uh, Greg Fish is here. I'm surprised, of course, with your last name that you chose a dog, but we'll leave it there. And uh, everybody do does love the dogs. That's for sure. Um, let's talk about your article here in the in the world of weirdthings.com that you wrote about the end of civilization. That's not really the end of civilization, just the growth on civilization. So this is curious for me, Greg, because... Um, this is the kind of stuff that um, I get really excited about. So why don't you introduce what the premise of the idea is, and then uh, and let's talk about it. What's on your mind? All right. So have you ever heard the term Malthusian catastrophe? No, because that's hard to spell. Uh, it is. Well, it refers to uh, a text by uh, Thomas Malthus, who basically predicted in um, the at the at the turn of the 19th century that humanity will at some point expand to the point where uh, ecosystems collapse, we run out of food, we run out of resources, we basically will overpopulate this planet and completely destroy its environment. It's kind of like most movies. Yes, e exactly. I mean, this is exactly where most sci-fi movies get that idea of an overpopulated, overran Earth that we've destroyed to the point where we have to leave for other worlds, otherwise we simply won't survive as a civilization. Well, it turns out that nature and we are actually pretty good at regulating ourselves, and, and a couple of things really happened that he could never have foreseen, and people who kind of went along with his theories never really thought about. Uh, the first was the invention of golden rice and GMOs, which allowed us to feed far more people than we ever thought possible, because Malthus thought that about five, six billion people would all starve to death, but we have 7.5 billion people, and we actually produce enough food to feed everybody. It's more of a distribution problem more than anything. Some countries produce more than they could ever consume and sell. Others could produce more than enough to feed their populations, but can't because of corruption, graft, climate change, what have you. So um, as, we're, and as we're going along, we've also invented new technology that allows us to live longer and healthier and better lives. Uh, we now have a focus on education. We now have a focus on running, you know, modern civilization means schooling. It means uh, having work that's not backbreaking and will put us into, in an early grave uh, as much as possible. So family size has been shrinking. Family planning has become paramount. And people are living longer, having fewer children who are in turn also living longer. Um, so what's happening is that the growth of the human population is declining. And it's predicted that anywhere between uh, 2040 and 2070, we're going to hit peak humanity. There will be, this is as many people as we're going to have, and then the human population rate will drop. I, uh, the only, I realize it is the right word, but it's the humanity word because I think that we're grossly lacking in humanity in the world today. <laughs> so it does throw me off for a minute, but you're talking about the peak humanity is, as in the when we're the most populous, there's the most of us. That's the perspective that, I mean, I realize it's the proper word, but I just think we should be clear on that part. Yeah, mo most humans, that's going to be the most, the, the peak humans uh, is, is probably, you're right, it's probably the right, the right way to put it. Huh. And the thought is 
that, you know, it's, it's not happening because of disease. It's not happening because of violence. It's not happening because of, of war. It's really happening because we have figured out a way to um, really navigate this world very well. And we also understand, and, and nature kind of pushes us to understand that there's, you, you, we cannot grow infinitely. So a lot of the systems that we have today are based on, on growth, quarter over quarter, year over year. And the thought is anytime you have, you don't have growth, you have stagnation. And if you have a contraction somewhere along the line, then that's a complete and total disaster. Well, the problem is we know that Earth's resources are finite. We know that there's only so many humans that can, that we can support on Earth. And it just, it looks like we'll never actually hit that limit barring some sort of catastrophe that would probably wipe out more people than we would take centuries to replace so the bottom line here is that it technically over the long term it's a good thing but over the short term this drop off in population is actually a really bad thing especially for countries like canada united states uh, member states of the eu because a lot of the social systems that they use a lot of the economic markers that they use are based on growth so the idea is that well the gdp has to grow because there have to be more people who make and buy more stuff and that's not going to happen uh, and then a lot of pension plans and a lot of um and a lot of retirement systems are based on the idea that you're going to have a larger younger population paying to take care of an older sick one and then have an even young an even bigger younger generation that will take care of them so this this entire idea of taxpayer funded retirements on a based on the growing population is also not going to work so yeah. in Japan in Canada in the United States you're going to have seniors that well, there's there's not enough money to go around because everyone bet the bet the farm on having uh, and everyone having three, four, five kids who are going to pay for the two, three, four adults. Yeah. Well, and we're seeing just, this now, right? Also not happening. Yeah, it's yeah. happening right now. Right now, uh, like yeah, I said, like in Japan. Yeah, in Japan, that's a huge problem. In China, yeah. that's a huge problem. It's going to become a huge problem in Canada. Uh, yeah. it's and it's in all the financial forecasts too, right? Like, I mean, everybody, yeah. it's it's in all the forecasts. Sorry, I didn't mean to drop Greg. Continue. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. It's okay. It's I was gonna say it's it's just starting to manifest in the United States. Uh, the United States has been relatively open to immigration for for a long time, so that has has helped offset the full impact of it. But now with the Trump administration cranking down on on immigration, that's another crisis that's going to be building up uh, in the short term. Hmm. Well, I mean, we see this naturally in the world, like you see, well, we've been talking about bunnies and pets, you see a bunch of bunnies move into an area, they overpopulate the area, and then you see a bunch of wolves and coyotes move in, right? And then yep. that because there's lunch there. So I mean, this is a naturally occurring thing in the balance of the world. Now, GDP is an interesting one for me, because I think that's the like, there's such a hidden piece of that inside what we believe as as people inside our, our worlds, because, you know, we're look at the country's growing, the country's growing, we're growing things. But it's easier to bring people to your country when everybody's making babies around the world, than it is to grow industry inside your country. So it's easier to, to create the demand in order to create the industry. And it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, a bait and switch, I think, for people, because we get fooled by that. We think our countries are growing, but the reality is they're not actually growing. We're just meeting the demand of people coming here and politicians say, well, look how great our economy is. But the reality is we're not actually growing the industry. We're just supporting the people that are coming. So 
Now, this is and really interesting perspective to me. Greg. And sometimes I love it. we're just producing, and sometimes we're just producing more stuff than we than we need at all. And yeah, uh, you know, uh, back uh, back a little while ago, Drex and I actually had a had a discussion about the fact that we need to start thinking. And actually, it's a, there's a lot of economists who are saying we need to start thinking of not measuring with the GDP, but measuring with a kind of like credit score for countries that balance how well countries do healthcare and social services and economic growth and education have a much more holistic picture and focus on quality over quantity. And uh, just like you said, nature eventually calls populations that are out of control, and we are no exception. Now, we can manipulate nature to an extent and really put off its full impact on us, but every time we do that, we're essentially, we're, we're essentially putting um, – Putting something on our tab, and and nature will call in its bill with a huge amount of interest, and that's actually what's happening right now. We're yeah. adapting to. We can think of climate change as the interest on the bill that's come due for trying to manipulate nature into perpetual industrial growth. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, what about uh, what about we've only got about a couple of minutes here, uh, Greg? But what about? What about COVID? I mean, there's another example of there's a lot of, you know, different belief systems that say that COVID is exactly that, too. Something like COVID is simply, uh, you know, God or the universe's or, or Mother Nature's way of of uh, balancing us out or slowing us down or, um, you know, cleaning us out a little bit. I would disagree with that for the simple reason that when it comes to viruses and especially with the COVID pandemic, uh, the biggest thing is the story of mismanagement in a lot of key government and key government resources uh, more than it is. Uh, definitely diseases are a, are a way to control populations, but we have a, generally a pretty good handle on that. And if it wasn't for incompetence in of certain governments, we would be having a, a pretty good handle on COVID right now as well around the world. Are, are humans really, the virus of the earth, though? Uh, if you if you talk to very passionate environmentalists, you would certainly get, come away with that opinion. Yes, it's interesting, we, isn't it? We can be, we can be, but we don't have to be. It's just a it's just a matter of we can we coexist with nature. Absolutely. Do we have plans to do that? Absolutely. Do we do we know how to do that? Again, yes. But right now, the problem is a lot of the people who are in charge do not want to do that because they don't want to do anything different because, A, that's too hard. B, people will yell at them that they didn't make their quarterly profits, and they don't want that. They don't want to do the difficult things that are also right and beneficial. They want to do the easy thing that gives them money now, and everything else is future them problem. It's interesting, and you're absolutely bang on. Yeah, you're well. You're absolutely bang on. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I want to keep my job versus make the hard decisions that may make people um, a little bit unhappy. Thanks so much for the uh, the story and the article, Greg Fish, World of Weird dot com. It's nice to hear your voice, man. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Uh, Greg Fish, you can check out the article again. It's World of Weird dot com, and uh, another fantastic uh, perspective on will hit peak humanity soon. We don't know what happens next. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. Yeah, and are you okay with uh, pranking people from out-of-province plates to scare them home? <laughs> no. And that was the storyline. You should really think twice, um, because you 
could have killed me and all three of my children. A message Krista Paulson has for the vandal she believes loosened the lug nuts on the front tire of her 2006 Honda Pilot, causing it to fly off while she was driving on the Trans-Canada Highway. She says she was traveling home with her three kids to Black Falls, Alberta on July 16th after a three-week vacation visiting her parents in Summerland when she heard a loud rumble and the whole vehicle started shaking. I pulled across one and a half, two lanes, and then my tire went across all three lanes. And yeah, so I managed to pull over without a tire. This is the top of the driveway here where her vehicle would have been parked. Her father, Rick Bigland, says the SUV was mostly parked here other than a trip to the beach. He too believes the lug nuts were intentionally loosened while his daughter was visiting the Okanagan. Luckily, no one was hurt. The results could have been pretty catastrophic. The tires hadn't been changed since last year. The vehicle mechanically inspected just a month before leaving for BC. The family says the vehicle's Alberta license plate was visible from the bottom of this driveway. They're hoping this was a random incident and that they weren't targeted because they were visiting from out of province during the pandemic. You've heard rumors out here, don't go to the Okanagan or BC because they're, you know, mad because of the COVID and they don't want you bringing it to our province. Um, but again, I've also heard that it's just frequently happens in the Okanagan that somebody just loosens lug nuts. So many complaints about loosened lug nuts were filed in West Kelowna and Peachland this spring that it prompted police to put out a public warning. Whether a prank or something more sinister, Paulson hopes the perpetrator will be caught and she urges drivers to be vigilant. Check your wheels. Check your lug nuts. Shelby Tom, Global News. Yes, you're not okay. Not okay at all. There's nothing okay about that story. I mean, I realize there's a bit of an assumption she's just concerned there's nobody saw somebody loosen the lug nuts. But dear God, can you imagine how many, like, people, like, tires flying off on highways? Yeah, no, and this happened to me, actually. Tell me. Oh, what? Yeah, uh, did I I not tell you this story, Andrew? Okay, so it was around 10 years ago, uh, maybe a little over 10 years ago. Was it the Astro Van? uh, It was the, yeah, it was the... um, 99 uh, GMC Safari. Oh, Safari. Yeah, and I'd just gotten it. And um, I was living out in Burnaby, BC at the time, and I had just started a job um, in Vancouver at the Vancouver Aquarium. And so um, I was just, I was riding my van down towards the highway. I was this sort of long stretch of road. And I, fe- I, he- I hear a weird sound from my, on my driver's side. And I'm just like, as soon as I'm thinking, oh, what, what's that? Something weird is going on. My wheel flies off into traffic on the other side, and I, I pull over to the, to the side in, in order to, you know, not die. And uh, so, so later on, I, I made all the calls to get, you know, towed and everything, but I had to go down and fetch the wheel. Huh. And, the, it's like the walk of shame, except for your wheel. <laughs> Looking for your clothes, but it's, yeah. instead it's your wheel. Yeah, and well, because I wanted to s- save a lot of money at the time, so I was like, "Well, I'm getting that wheel back. I'm not getting mm-hmm. a new wheel if it can be saved." So, uh, luckily, uh, because the wheel went into opposing traffic, luckily nobody was hurt and it didn't collide with anybody. Wow. So yeah, I walked down and I I rolled it all the way back up the hill, and uh, and put it into the van. <laughs> Did you uh did it did the van tip over on three wheels or and scrape or did it manage to sort of stay upright? 
Um, no, it, it scraped. Um, because yeah. yeah, it was on my driver's side, like the front wheel on the driver's side. Right. Um, like I managed to pull over to the shoulder and not do too much damage, but wow. um, like somebody definitely loosened my lug nuts, and uh, I it was one of the scariest things that I've I've went through. Yeah. Wow. That's an amazing story. 877-399-9898. No, you know what? It's not okay. Uh, any of these things. Loosing Ludnux isn't a prank. It's dangerous. Incredibly stupid thing to do. Thanks, Dwayne, for that one. Um, another uh, text. This one's from uh, Catherine. Catherine says, a uh, different Catherine. We've got a couple different Catherines texting right now. Um, was driving west on the number one, just about to Brooks, and there was a car from Quebec. I wanted to stop them and ask them what they were doing in Alberta and leave them go back. No, no, you can't do that because you're allowed to enter provincial travel. Right. This is exactly the problem. No, you don't stop and say, hey, you're from Quebec. What are you doing in Alberta? Go back. No, they're supporting the economy. They're passing through. You hope that they follow all the rules locally when they do that. See, this is exactly the thing. Just because you're from another province, this is exactly the problem. You can't do that. It's not your place. I don't think it's your place at all to do that. I mean, if you don't want to go there and respect them, that's up to you. But right now, the laws say we all agree to participate by the laws, and the laws say that you you can't do that. Another texture, John, says, yeah, we should report every American we see uh, in our country. If you see a plate in Canada that doesn't look like it's transiting to where it's going, absolutely you should. I think you should report that. It has nothing to do with Americans. It has to do with the, what the laws are and that the, all the stories about the loophole. So... Another texture says, too many people with too much time on their hands and not enough going on between their ears. Can we talk about how badass Matt MacArthur looks in his picture on Twitter today with the uh, aviators <laughs> yeah. and sleeveless a metal shirt? Well, it's summer, you know. Why wear sleeves? That's that's what I'm going for. I think I might no even... No sleeves till... No sleeves till... Brooklyn... <laughs> sleeveless in seattle was another uh sort of pun as well that was good that was very good you're killing it brother well done yeah i mean like why uh yeah i think i might convert a few few more of my shirts to sleeveless i'm liking it yeah making convertible shirts now convertible shirts show off the guns you know the guns i feel awkward <laughs> wearing a sleeved shirt two tickets to the gun show <laughs> the gun show just say uh, <laughs> say hello to thunder and lightning don't get caught in the oh, storm <laughs> Oh, man. Just I feel like going. we're dipping into date night in your marriage right now, and it's weird. <laughs> she probably appreciates this, right? Probably, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. It's MacArthur Sound on Twitter if you want to follow Maddie. 877-399-9898. Let's go to Rick in Calgary and uh, ask Rick, would you wear a sleeveless sweater or T-shirt there, Rick? I don't think anybody wants to see me in a sleeveless T-shirt. But... You don't got the big guns like Maddie does? Well, I have a big boy. I got big arms, but they're not... Uh... They're not guns. They're more of, uh, I don't know, it's hard to explain. <laughs> they're, they're very small, pale guns, by the way. Yeah, they're, they're very well-tattooed guns. Let's just go that way. Um, no all right, Rick, so you had a comment about uh, the lug nuts and uh, all the things. What's on your mind? Well, I had a friend of mine that went to North Dakota to visit some family out there, and they stayed at a hotel, and they come back out in the morning, and all four tires on their pickup truck were slashed. So they had to go and get a tow truck to tow into a tire shop and pay for all new tires. It was like 1800 bucks altogether. And they got the actual, they saw the guy that did it on the, the surveillance camera from the hotel, but he had a hoodie on. They couldn't ID him or nothing like that. So, you know, he's out 1800 bucks because he went to visit some family in, in the Okanagan. And it's like, why you do stuff like that? Even with lug nuts, you know, lug nuts yeah. don't come loose all by themselves. And nope. if a tire comes off of a, 
a bigger vehicle, like not a small car, but if a tire comes off a pickup truck, for example, that could easily go through the windshield of somebody's car and kill Holy. them. They go right and, through the car. Like, I mean, like a tire, even a small tire, man. You realize how well, heavy that is? Well, a small tire, it'll, it'll bounce. It'll uh, do some damage, but it won't go through. But a bigger tire, it'll go right through that windshield. And, you know, it could take out somebody's kit. And, well, that could know, be, that could people, be, but it's still dangerous. Why would people want that on their, their conscience? I don't know. It, it, to me it's, how do you put your head down at night? That's, that's the question. It's like, how in the world would you put your head down at night if you're so wrapped up in all the things that you can't do that? That's mind-blowing to me. So your buddy, that this happened this summer? Yeah, just last month. Oh, dear. And the RCMP went to the hotel, and they reviewed the videotape, and they could see this skinny guy doing it, but they mm. couldn't get no facial shots because he knew where the cameras were, and he had a hoodie on and couldn't make out any facial features, so they couldn't ID him. They, you know, they tried to test for fingerprints, but they, uh, the guy had us had gloves on or something like that. But yeah, he slashed all four tires on my buddy's F F three fifty pickup truck, and they're like three hundred bucks a piece. Yeah, they're big. They're uh, yeah. Because I remember when I used to have a pickup, man, it was expensive. To every time you had to do the the summers or the winters or whatever it was, it, it cost a lot. Yeah. Of money. Thanks so much for the call, Rick. Appreciate it, bud. All right, buddy. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. So we have something special for you uh, here tonight, by the way, Andrew. Um, you don't know about this, but because oh, it is um, a special night that Matt and Andrew don't always get to work together because sometimes their job responsibilities cross over. In case you missed it, is the segment we're about to do and here to perform it live for you as opposed oh my God. to the recorded version is huh. Matt MacArthur. In case you missed it on the radio, here's Andrew C. Ferreira. Take That's it. me. Wow. Live. That was wonderful. Live that was wonderful. intros. Thank you, Maddie. You're welcome, next buddy. time I next time I've got a natty light, I'll make sure to crush it in your honor. Yeah, buddy. Uh, <laughs> uh, so in case you missed it, uh, the United Kingdom has kind of got, you know, they've, they've got a bit of a war on obesity underway right now. Uh, and understandably, coronavirus has kind of made all of us a little bit more aware of, uh, of of our health. And every single little complication that you may have may put you at, you know, much greater risk. And as we all know, uh, Prime Minister Boris Johnson was hospitalized. Uh, not so long ago, he was, uh, you know, he went into the ICU and he came out and things have turned around for him a little bit. So he has urged Britain to slim down. And it's no secret. He's a bit of a portly lad. Easy. Uh, yeah. I mean, I understand me too, buddy. Um, but he's using his own struggles with his weight uh, before he contracted uh, COVID-19 to encourage people to take more exercise. And before we get into the clip here, uh, this is uh, it's a, it's an ad, essentially. It's essentially a, a little bit of an ad about it's just him talking about. Uh, his experiences. I think it's it's worth listening to, so have a listen here. I've always wanted to lose weight for ages and ages, and I, like I think many people, I struggle with my weight go up and, and down, but since I, I recovered from coronavirus, I've been steadily building up my fitness. I, I don't want to make any, any uh, excessive claims, because I've only really just started concentrating on, but I've got, I, I'm at least a stone down, I'm more than a stone down. But when I went into ICU, uh, when I was really ill, I was, I was, I was very, I was way overweight. For I'm only about five foot ten, uh, you know, at, a, at the outside, and um, you know, I was too fat. I start the day by going for a, a, a run with the with the dog, and uh, quite a gentle run, but actually getting faster and faster now as I as I get as I get fitter. And the great thing about going for a run at the beginning of the day is that nothing could be worse for the rest of the day. Once, if you really go in hard, if you really take some exercise at the beginning, the rest of the day will be a breeze. So there are reasons, there are health reasons, but it also, you feel much better. 
and that's the 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 number one thing I would I would say you actually feel more full of energy if you can get your weight down and you know, the other thing obviously is that if you can get your weight down a bit and then and protect your health you'll also be protecting the, the NHS gyms are great but you don't need to have a gym you, there are amazing things on your phone these days amazing apps uh, fantastic trainers that you can watch on YouTube what we're doing now with our better health strategies just trying to help people a little bit to, to bring their their weight down not in a excessively bossy or or nannying way I hope we want this one really to be sympathetic to people to understand the difficulties that people face uh, with that with their weight the struggles that everybody faces or many many people face to lose weight and just to be to be helpful I think that's wonderful. Like, I, I, you know, I, you know, I'll, I'll make fun of, of UK PM Boris Johnson as much as anyone else will, but it it's in a way it's refreshing to hear something like that. You know, and he said he's dropped a stone that's about fourteen pounds. So good for him, right? I think it's I awesome think we, story. I think I think we could all, you know, you know, I could, you know, not saying that I did this, but I totally did this last week. I ate an entire pizza in one sitting. Um, so that's not good for me. <laughs> also, good news. Hey, in my defense, it was a small, okay? Those things can barely fit, you know, doesn't count as a pizza. But you know, I think we, you know, as, as we've started to work from home a little bit, and as we've probably started to lax a little bit, uh, I think it bears in mind, you know, this is a good time to maybe go for a walk, you know, maybe take the stairs if you can. You know, there's just all those little down. things you can take do. Take the and- stairs down if you can. <laughs> Take stairs down if you can, uh, and you know it, it's. I think it's it's admirable for for uh, for PM Johnson to you know to take the lead on this himself and put that out. Yeah, I think it's nice. It is nice. I like that story. Right. Very good story. Well done. We need more good news. Right. We need more good stuff. And speaking of good stuff, and when I first saw the headline for this, I thought, okay, how's <laughs> what the hell am I reading? Um, I'm gonna let kind of the audio do the talking here, but this is Chris Hansen. You might know him of To Catch a Predator. Uh, this is Chris Hansen. He's got a you know working from home. He's got his own YouTube uh, show called you know Have a Seat, uh, you know from his famous line, uh, and he talks to people. And this is from an episode posted not too long ago. He, he, he listened to who he had a seat with. Authorities are investigating. Survivors have spoken out, and now people in the music industry are demanding justice as well. It is our pleasure tonight to have as our guests Insane Clown Posse, Violent J and Shaggy to Dope, joining us tonight from the Detroit area. Mal Levy, a survivor and victims coordinator, is also going to join us tonight. Let's jump right in with Violent J and Shaggy to Dope. Guys, thanks for being here. All right. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, it's an honor. Super honor. Total, utter honor to be here i mean it really is we're huge fans yeah no and, doubt. and uh this is this is we, we think it's unbelievably awesome what you're doing you know you're the reason we we became hip to this you know what i mean right. we did we didn't know um we we learned of this through you you know Chris well, Hansen, got, you're I've the got man so us. many i've got so many questions and you guys are, are, are the men to me for what you do your creativity and and you know kind of the way you guys have evolved not only as musicians but talented guys who are socially conscious and trying to do a lot of great things right now. You came out just the other day, and I have so many questions, I don't even know where to start. I've been doing this for 40 years, but I'm very excited to have you guys here. You called Davi Vanity, Jesus Torres, juggalo enemy number one. So I never expected this as a thing, Uh, having the Insane Cloud Posse on with Chris Hansen. Oh, for sure. 
right? It's a bit, it's a bit strange, but one thing that I, you know, that I want to go over here, uh, is that, uh, there are allegations against, uh, Dobby Vanity. Uh, he is, uh, he performs with the electronic music group Blood on the Dance Floor. Uh, he's become the subject of sexual assault and rape allegations, and this is from over 20 women. This isn't just, um, you know, one or two things. This is, um, a big deal. And the Insane Clown Posse, you know, as much as you might like to try and make jokes about their un uh, inability to understand how magnets work, uh, with this whole coronavirus pandemic, they're showing themselves as great social compasses. Uh, back in April, you may remember that they canceled the uh, gathering of the Juggalos due to the pandemic. They said, you know, this just isn't safe. We're, we're not going to do this. Uh, at the same time, they donated 300 T-shirts uh, that we made into masks for healthcare workers uh, in the Detroit area. So, you know, these, these guys are leading by example. Uh, I think it's fantastic stuff. And... Um, it, it's such a it's such a strange combination uh, that I think is is so incredibly wholesome in a way, and it leads to this, which I never thought I'd hear. This is a sentence that has probably never been uttered in human history, uh, but you can go ahead and play this, and you'll you'll hear what happens. When we wrote to catch a predator, it was an honor, and, and, and it was a it was a like, what do we call it like a tribute yeah. to you, Mr. Hanson. Hundred percent. You're the man. You're the man. We. We man, we have a line in a song that says Chris Hansen is a juggalo, but he don't know it. You know what I mean? Because we know, we know you're a juggalo. We know you have all the qualities of a juggalo. I'm honored and, to be a juggalo. I, I never thought I'd I'd hear the day when uh, you're going to need to explain what is a juggalo, my friend. <laughs> so a because juggalo. everybody who's listening right now is going, "What in the world is he talking about?" Which I understand. So Juggalo is the name given to fans, essentially, of the Insane Clown Posse. And, you know, they, they dress up with, like, you know, they drink Fago. Uh, which is they a, dress up in, like... Which is a kind of, like, weird soda. It's kind of like, yeah, it's it's a weird soda. They drink Fago, they have this elaborate facial makeup, and they're, and they're just fans of the group. And, you know, they're, you know, I... I the closest thing I can think of uh, as an equivalent is the legions of fans uh, who follow uh, K-pop groups. They're that kind of that kind of fervor. Oh, they're passionate. There's oh, no yeah. denying so, they're passionate. So Juggalos, the, 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 the meeting of the, the gathering of the Juggalos is essentially a icy, uh, insane clown posse uh, convention that happens every year. And, you know, mm -hmm. it draws about 10,000 people a year. This isn't, you know, a small deal. So <laughs> I never party. thought, I, I, I never thought in all my days on this earth that I would hear uh, Chris Hansa say that he is honored to be a Juggalo. It's just one of those things that I never thought I, it was certainly possible. Well, yeah. Okay, well, I'm I'm going to allow everybody the chance to introduce themselves to the Insane Clouds Posse Music. And just so you know, if you do take the time to look it up on Spotify or YouTube or wherever you go, don't be surprised if it's not your thing. Okay? It's all right. It's definitely not it's for It's probably everyone. not going to be your thing, but it's a great story. It, like I was like, in a world where Chris Hansen and the Insane Clown Posse are teaming up to try and you know bring light to these allegations of sexual assault and rape made against a fellow musician... And if you watch the whole uh, show with with with, uh, with Chris Hansen, it's an hour long. Uh, if you watch the whole episode, I watched a bit of it. The, the insane clown posse are like, you know what? This uh, this guy, this uh, Jesus David Torres, he is a musician like us, and so we feel like we have to do something in our power in this position to bring light, because this shines poorly not on him, all as well as him, but on all musicians as a whole. And the Insane Clown Posse, it's been well documented that they go out of their way to make sure that they are respectful, that they are 
you know, socially conscious. They are aware that despite the content of some of their music, which uh, <laughs> I do enjoy laughing about sometimes, that, you know, they, they make their best effort to be gentlemen when they are not who they are in their music, right? And so to me, this is just a fantastic kind of collaboration that I, I, I never thought that I would have the honor of introducing to people, but, you know, Chris Hansen and the Insane Clown Policy teaming up to track down uh, sexual predators, right? It, oh, it, the project is amazing, and the work they're doing is amazing. Um, it's wonderful, but it's just the most the most absurd, but it's absurd in such a wholesome, wonderful way that, like, I hope that people, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of something for people to wake up to things like this. It, it, it's no secret that, uh, you know, that... In, in the Me Too culture that we are in now, that, you know, allegations of sexual assault, rape, of, of you know, just generally being kind of awful. And this arcs back, this arcs back into the we chat and the we thing with the governor general with just being a, you know, kind of a dick to your uh, fellow, you know, person. These kinds of things aren't going to be tolerated, uh, you know, anymore. This kind of upwelling of, hey, look. We need to be better than this, and we need to prove to people that we're better than this. The Insane Cloud Posse are, in a way, kind of leading the charge on one of these fronts. And yeah. it's it's just nice to me. It's strange. And if you look up, you know, uh, the Insane... And don't let your... You know, be careful with who you l listen to these songs. Uh, but To Catch a Predator by the Insane Clown Posse, it came out in 2009. And it's all about... Um, it's all about the the way that Chris Hansen has kind of made himself as the one that predators are afraid of. And it's nothing that I ever expected to hear from them, but there it is. There it is. So that was it. In case you That's, missed it, uh, uh, the insane in club and Chris Hansen are teaming up to take down yeah. sexual predators. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Tune into the show online or on the radio.